Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 55th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have some news, a great chat in the Visitor Center with Alicia from DinosaurStop.com, a few listener emails, and we'll wrap it up with an audio clip straight from the two Goldblooms. Now, this past weekend marked the one-year anniversary of Jurassic World debuting in theaters. I'm kind of stunned. I really can't believe it. It's been one year. That's just insane to me. Uh, I remember that 14-year build-up to that film, and now we are already a year past that. That's just insane. Anyway, to celebrate the release of the film, James and Steve from the Jurassic Unicast podcast joined me for a full Jurassic World commentary, which we did upload to YouTube. Now, if you head over to JurassicParkPodcast.com, you'll find a post about it, or you can click straight through to our YouTube page to find it. Now, we even give you instructions to sync up your copy of Jurassic World so that you can watch along with us and hear us comment on the entire film. Now, we hope you enjoyed a ton because we had a great time recording it. Now, this is a packed show, so why don't we start things off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. This past week, John Williams was honored with the AFI Lifetime Achievement Award for his storied career. The likes of Harrison Ford, George Lucas, Bryce Dallas Howard, Kobe Bryant, Steven Spielberg, and more all commended Williams on his incredible work. Now, Steven said, Without John Williams, bikes don't really fly, nor do brooms in Quidditch matches, nor do men in red capes. There is no force. Dinosaurs do not walk the earth. We do not wonder, we do not weep, and we do not believe. Thankfully, this award ceremony will be airing on TNT Wednesday, June 15th at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time. Congrats to Mr. Williams. In other John Williams news, it has been announced that he will be scoring Star Wars Episode Eight for Ryan Johnson, as well as Ready Player One and Indiana Jones 5 for Steven Spielberg. John has a lot of work cut out for him, but at least for us, the next three years will be filled with more amazing John Williams scores. I absolutely cannot wait. Make sure to find the link within our show notes to the article on SlashFilm.com. This next one here is actually a clip from the Graham Norton Show, where this past week's episode had Jeff Goldblum yet again shooting down the possibility of appearing in the sequel to Jurassic World. So, via an article on Metro.co.uk, this says, Admitting he was asked to be in Jurassic World, Jeff, who starred in both Jurassic Park and the Lost World Jurassic Park, said, Yes, I was available, but had a big satisfying meal with being in two of them. Take a listen. This will 
uh, depressed and delight you in equal measure. It is 23 years since Jurassic Park, which seems crazy. Crazy. Wow. But you didn't die, did you? No. So you could have been in that new one. Yes. Mine's <laughs> <laughs> available. Yes. <laughs> That'll make another one. You'll be in that yeah, one. Yeah. No, I had my. You know, I was very nourished <clears throat> by two. Two. I had a big, big meal. Big, satisfying meal. <laughs> So, you know, at least he doesn't flat out deny being in the sequel. He basically uh, just again says that he was satisfied with the two that he was in. And uh, I would actually kind of say that he sidesteps the question a bit about the sequels. Uh, hopefully this is him just squashing rumors for a surprise appearance. But we won't really know until they get the ball rolling on the sequel. By the time you hear this, the interview has already aired on BBC One. So make sure to keep an eye out. Stay tuned and hopefully we'll hear some more soon. CartoonBrew.com has a great article about the creation of the dragon, played by Sean Connery in the film Dragonheart. In the article, they talk about how the ILM model for the Rex in Jurassic Park was used for testing their most complex beast yet, with Sean Connery's voice. At that time, they didn't have the dragon model ready, so they manipulated the original Rex in a way that made it seem almost dragon-like. There's a great still photo of the Rex in the film. You won't want to miss that one, so head over to the link within our show notes to see more. Oh, there it is. There it is. Hold on to your butt. To celebrate Jurassic June, we are giving away Jurassic World on DVD and The Good Dinosaur on Blu-ray. All you have to do to win is go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and leave a comment with the hashtag Jurassic Giveaway and the DVD of your choice. That's it. It helps us and it helps you. We will be picking the two winners at the end of Jurassic June. Make sure to head to JurassicParkPodcast.com for more information on the giveaway. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where Alicia from the Dinosaur Stop joins me to discuss her website, Jurassic Park, dinosaurs, and more. This week in the Visitor Center, I have Alicia from the Dinosaur Stop. Now, if you haven't checked out the website, dinosaurstop.com, uh, pause this, go pull it up, and check everything out that it has to offer. It's definitely a great source for all things dinosaur. Uh, so, Alicia, I'm going to ask you one question that I ask most guests who enter the visitor center here. Um, it's for precautionary reasons. No need to worry just yet. But if you were trapped in a kitchen with a raptor, what would you do, and would you make it out alive? I would probably be killed, but I would have a smile on my face because I would think it was so cool. <laughs> like I would be too dumbfounded to actually be smart enough to save myself. Yeah. I mean, first off, you've got a dinosaur in front of you. I mean, exactly. that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I mean, to have a smile on your face, that might be uh, questionable, but... Well, until the last moment. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody finds you in that kitchen like, why is she smiling? <laughs> this is this was a really bad situation. <laughs> well, um, why don't we get into it and just talk a little bit about your website? What, so uh, why don't you explain to everybody uh, what you do? Um, well, I started the website about a year and a half ago. It's dinosaurstop.com. Um, I just I've always loved dinosaurs, and the Jurassic World movie was coming out, and I guess six or seven months later, and I was just super hyped up, and I wanted mm -hmm. a place to talk about it, and. Um, I have another blog, but I kind of wanted to have a space just to devote to dinosaurs. And um, we cover 
new dinosaur discoveries and dinosaur studies, the movie news like Jurassic World and the sequels. Um, but we're also trying to expand out and we're starting a, a directory of all different places in the United States that you could visit and uh, see different dinosaur things, museums and theme parks. And we also have a YouTube channel too. Yeah, I think, like I said before, I think it's a great source. You have so much going on on that website. And uh, I think um, just like ourselves here on the podcast, uh, the the debut of Jurassic World really inspired, I guess, a lot of different people in the community to kind of, you know, take action and, and do something about it. You there know? was an awakening in the community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. To a phrase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, uh, I think it was a good thing, you know, because it, it brought out all these people um, – that you know have so much to say about dinosaurs and the films and and not just Jurassic Park but uh, even other dinosaur films in that in that sense. But uh, I think it was a really good thing and I really like what I see on your website and uh, I came Thanks. across it because uh, you were actually featuring our stuff on there and uh, I was it was probably I forget when exactly I noticed it but it was pretty early on and I was like whoa what's going on here somebody's actually like doing some work and, and posting it and uh, you know doing the editing and stuff like that for the show notes I was I was actually quite shocked and I was like wow this is really cool well I had been listening to the podcast for a while and um, I created a new section for podcasts um, mm -hmm. we also put the I know Dino on there which yeah. I also love um, we don't do our own podcast but we definitely want to share some of the other podcasts that are related to dinosaurs and Jurassic Park out there and Yours is the best. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, I love seeing that though because you have, yeah, like you said, I know Dino. You have the the uh, newly rebranded in general podcast yes. from Jurassic Outpost. So you've got some really good stuff on there. Um, so you're not just you're not just like about self promotion or anything like that. You're all about featuring you know the community and different news and stuff like that. And uh, like I know Dino, for instance, I've had them on here before. And uh, they're really great people and uh, definitely know so much about dinosaurs. And uh, I think that's that's awesome yeah. that you are you have that outlet to kind of share. And they're a lot better. Stuff. They're they're a lot better at pronouncing the dinosaur names than I am. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't pretend to, to you know, to be a dinosaur expert since I was a kid. I, I guess I kind of let it go a little bit. But um, they definitely know basically everything there is to know. It's, yeah. it's really, really cool to uh, talk about it with them. Sometimes I even get lost, like, in all the big words and everything. So... Yeah, I'm more of a I'm a big fan of dinosaurs and I am it's a great time right now to follow what's going on cuz there's so many new discoveries mm -hmm. every week there seems to be a new dinosaur being found or a new study about dinosaurs. So it's a very yeah. exciting time. Yeah, I agree. The, it, it does seem like every other week there's like, you know, something pretty pretty big coming out or yeah. you know, some sort of news or findings like uh what was it just just the other day they're talking about dinosaurs having lips. Which yes. is, it seems crazy, but I guess it's a, it's a new study they got going on. Well, paleo artists have been struggling with that. Every time they have to draw or create a, a model of a dinosaur, they think, hmm, do I cover the teeth or do I show the teeth? And it's only until this new article that people are like, oh, I guess it does make sense that their teeth would be covered if they're not in the water all the time. Yeah, it sounds really weird. But, you know, when you imagine it, you just you picture like the weirdest concept of a dinosaur with lips well, imaginable. The, but the raptors in the Jurassic movies have lips. Yeah, yeah. Their teeth are covered when their mouths are closed. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what the guy was uh, trying to say. Actually, let's talk about that for a second. What is your take on like the way dinosaurs were represented in the films versus the real life counterparts? 
Um, well, I'm glad they covered it in the new movie because um, B.D. Wong's character, uh, Wu, actually talks about how these aren't actually dinosaurs in the park. These yeah. are, you know, representations of dinosaurs as we see them now or as we imagine them based on mixing together different DNA samples. So I have no problem with the way they looked in the movies. I think of them more as like movie monsters. Mm -hmm. Although I have to say, I actually feel bad for Indominus in the new movie. I that that was the most animal like portrayal actually of an animal in the series. I think like it was just confused. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. I was watching it actually last night. I watched it like three times in the past two days and the last time I watched it, you know, I was watching the Indominus get pulled into the water there. And, yeah. and just the way it was, like, writhing and, like, as the, the Mosasaurus hey, bringing it down. Yeah, well, come on. I mean, if you're listening to this, you better have watched uh, <laughs> Jurassic World already. <laughs> but, no, but I, I was watching that scene, and uh, I found it very, like, primal and, and kind of sad in a way that the way she reacted as she's being dragged down into the water and... And I kind of felt for her again, you know, like after yeah. just viewing her as a monster and just looking at it like, wow, you know, there, there was probably more to her if you just brought her up. I right, mean, I she guess. grew up alone in mm-hmm. a concrete building and she didn't know, like the, she finally gets out and she's like, oh, I'm going to go play. And then people are shooting at her. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think the part <laughs> where the kids jump off the cliff and she's got her butt in the air. Yes. She just looks like a golden retriever to me. Yes. She's yes. just like a puppy. <laughs> That's exactly how I described it recently. She She's staring off that cliff and she looks just like a dog. And mm-hmm. yeah, I pointed out the same thing, the tail wagging and everything. I, I thought that was really uh, just a unique take and something we, I don't think, well, you know, we, aside from the uh, the Dilophosaurus scene when they're trying to get him to play fetch, but, <laughs> but there hasn't <laughs> been true. like a representation of like an, you know, such an animalistic uh, feature. Right. And... I mean, the movie could be called Indominus's Day Out. <laughs> it's just uh, her romping through the forest and yeah. enjoying her day, and then people are chasing wow, and shooting yeah. at her. It's terrible. That, yeah, it was it was a really good day for a few, and then uh, <laughs> turned out to be really bad. I, so you separate them, obviously. That's that's something that a lot yeah. of people are having problems with, um, and I think it's fairly clear and simple that they've they've talked about it already, and they've said that these things are are not exactly dinosaurs you know they're very different um do you have a a specific look on dinosaurs like are you the one who who wants to see them with feathers or or no no feathers or anything like that well i think lately i've been really interested in microraptor i think microraptor is um it's feathered it has four wings and um it probably flew or glided it was not much bigger than a bird but it was a dinosaur and like we're not ready probably as a, as a like as admirers of dinosaurs to just start saying oh i guess they kind of just look like birds we yeah. want to keep them as monsters in movies and it might be a couple more decades before we eventually just realize they're big birds um you know yeah. some of the herbivores and the triceratops and stuff they're always going to look a little more reptilian but as far as theropods go they're big ostriches to me Exactly. Yeah, it is a kind of a stark contrast to what we're used to, and might be pretty hard to accept for a lot of people. Um, but they do, 
you know, you can say that maybe they're not scary, but if you look at some depictions of that, oh, no, I'm feathers, scared of birds. I yeah. am scared. Oh of yeah. Birds. <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, you've been chased by an emu. It's just as terrifying oh, as a dinosaur. God. Oh yeah, they look exactly like a dinosaur. So I think it's easy to to bridge that gap and say that they they looked scary just like that thing does. Or if you've stood in the presence of like a golden eagle, um, that's <sighs> a terrifying giant raptor. Mm-hmm. Um, that and like an actual raptor that's the name for them yeah yeah and they have huge talons and they're like six foot or more uh, wingspan it's a formidable creature yeah you, you don't want those things grasping into your uh, shoulders there and, and pulling you away so um but yeah i appreciate uh you know what dinosaurs might have actually looked like and i also appreciate the movies they're still my favorite movies and yeah. they always will be nice um, yeah I'm hoping, though, for the sequel, that we see multiple um, companies working on dinosaurs and maybe some that want to do more realistic feathered dinosaurs even yeah, to, to compete with InGen or even um, to do their own for their own research. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm hoping as well. Like there, if they've talked about it already, actually, that there could be multiple sources yeah, op- for these things. open sourcing the, uh, the code. Yeah. And if they do that. They have to go with different versions, different things that we haven't seen before. Um, now, InGen has covered somewhat of what they thought was more realistic approach, which it's not exactly, but they've also covered the hybrid aspect as well. So we need to see something else, like like the feathered ones, or or maybe even uh, Ice Age type uh, beasts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like we need to see something different. So I think you're right in your uh, approach there. Yeah, I mean, we've um, we know in the last movie that they were kind of leaning toward a, a military use, so they were just trying to make scary, you know, creatures that had big teeth and claws, and they'd be smart enough to aid in military actions. But maybe there are other uses or other companies, and maybe one company just wants to make a zoo and actually do it right, and mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe the dinosaurs won't be so dangerous if they're just a you know four foot tall microraptor or something. Yeah, yeah, that's very true, and I, I wonder. I, I really do wonder what those uses are going to be um, because they, they talked about how people seem to be getting bored. Well, maybe agriculture. Them. Maybe we'll uh, <laughs> maybe we'll go back to having Triceratops pulling uh, like an <laughs> ox uh, cart. Are we going to get the, uh, the good dinosaur in real life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? like Trevor o has said, like, uh, you know, dinosaurs and man, um, like yeah. the quote, Mm-hmm. Uh, are just trying to find a way to coexist. Mm-hmm. So, what's that going to look like? Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know how you couldn't not fear them, but maybe if they did get added, added into like a Flintstones type scenario where they're just used for, <laughs> you know, daily life processes like that. It's know. a living. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, what was your take on the Good Dinosaur? Did you did you like that movie or did you not like it? That was a weird movie, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, the, the scenery is so photorealistic. It's, Mm -hmm. it's almost frighteningly photorealistic and it's so beautiful, but the juxtaposition of cartoony dinosaurs on top of it was odd (laughs) and having them talking and doing like land before time type situations, but then also having them evolved and adapted and farming and it was a, like a hodgepodge, and then they eat fermented fruit and get high. Like, it's really weird. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. I need to watch it a second time. I just, yeah. I remember laughing so hard at the Styracosaurus with the uh, birds all, and yeah. animals all in its antlers. That thing was so goofy. 
that was so funny. I kind of wish the whole movie was like that funny or that <laughs> as serious as some of the other parts. Like pick a direction. Yeah, it was I a guess, little all over the place. I guess it did seem a little confused, and I think that was part of the uh, the problem behind the scenes was they didn't exactly know the direction they were going to go. Right. Yeah, but, they kind of um, changed direction and, mm-hmm. and recast it and everything. Yeah, and I, I don't feel like the marketing necessarily um, pointed the viewer in the right direction. Like you didn't know what to expect, so I think a lot of people were thrown off by that yeah. that farming aspect and and stuff like that. Yeah, I had these beautiful trailers without any talking or anything, and then you go to the movie and it's got talking, and uh, kind of reminds me of Walking with Dinosaurs, the movie, mm-hmm. um, like beautiful documentary series, and then they make a movie and it's like Milo and Otis style where they're talking <laughs> but they're not moving their mouth. And I'm that like, was very odd. <laughs> it was like, was this originally intended to not have talking, but then someone's like, kids can't watch the movie without talking. Put in talking. Like I would have yeah. liked that movie better. Just it was very visual. You didn't need to hear them talking. So I know I was thinking the same thing recently. I, I actually I think it was on TV or something, and uh, I was just watching it. Like this is such an odd choice to have this talking, but not move the mouths and make it like you're watching what actually happened. It, it was very strange. Very strange. Yeah, it, it would have made fun, a beautiful but... movie without it, though. Yeah, I mean, it still looked great and still was actually scientifically accurate in a mm-hmm. lot of parts. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to The Good Dinosaur, I actually, I liked it for what it was. I thought it was really fun and just like a, a good movie for kids and, and something similar to like uh, The Land Before Time that, that maybe we could have enjoyed as kids. So yeah. I, I hope it's something like that that kind of introduces uh, the young people into, you know, the world of dinosaurs. Yeah. And I I, I think I'll like it better on a second viewing. It, I, I'm a huge fan of Pixar and I own all their movies. I mm-hmm. <laughs> it was definitely better than Brave. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll totally agree with you. Yeah. I think I might have fallen asleep. I don't usually fall asleep in movies, <laughs> but that one just did not catch me, Brave. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Maybe. Yeah, really. No, I don't. E- I can't even describe it. I think I've only <laughs> watched it that once because I didn't enjoy it. No, but um, let's uh, let's talk about Jurassic Park again here. Now, you said you love the movies, obviously. Yeah, so best best movie of all time, obvious, undisputed, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some other good films out there, but Jurassic is amazing. So, mm-hmm. how would you rank these four films? Uh, because I know there's a lot of discrepancy within the community as to what ranks where. So, what's your take? Uh, okay, we'll start with what's easy. Jurassic Park three is the fourth film for okay. me, right. <laughs> and it's the last film. Um, you know, if you'd asked me right after Jurassic World, I would have said that's my second favorite, but. It, it's hard it's hard i go back and forth because i really love the lost world there's like so much about it that i love it's a very different film from the other films Mm -hmm. um hmm. can i do a tie for second place (laughs) yeah that works (laughs) (laughs) because i think jurassic park is obviously the best Mm -hmm. because without it there would be nothing um but i do like the lost world and jurassic world pretty much equally but for completely different reasons yeah well what are those reasons then well Jurassic World feels modern, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's a fun, fast movie. But also, I get to see the theme park, and I'm a huge theme park fan. Yes. And it's like, when I heard about Jurassic Park, I kind of always assumed that the movie was going to be like well before it came out. That I was going to see like a theme park with dinosaurs, but it's only got like six people enjoying the park. <laughs> so yeah. to see hordes of people getting off a, a boat and like with the wristbands like you get at Disney World and everything, and to see all the the Main Street and every and all the petting zoo and the rides. There's even a water park there. 
Like that is a dream come true. And to see that and then, you know, all hell breaks loose is the Jurassic Park I wanted as a kid. Yeah. So I, I love that about that film. And then The Lost World, I I like how I wouldn't say dark, but it's definitely different. It's more visceral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's 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 the wild film of the bunch. Right. Oh, it's kind of like Temple of Doom. Everyone thought that, you know, that was the dark <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that was my favorite one, actually. Um, but The Lost World, I that just even the RV scene alone is so intense for one sequence. I know that's that was the trouble I had recently. I, I don't know if you've listened to the last episode, but we we discussed the top uh, scenes from The Lost World, and we mm-hmm. had such a hard time narrowing it down. It ended up being like top, you know, ten each of us. <laughs> it was like impossible. We we basically just ended up saying the entire movie. Um, because there's so much to love about that that RVC except for the gymnastics right yeah. no you know what I think <laughs> we even we, we even touched upon that and and gave it some credit because they they do pay it off in a way and you know it, it may be corny but you know I mean we're talking about a movie with dinosaurs and, and all this other stuff so if you're gonna you know not believe something I mean look at the whole movie as a whole it's it's all kind of outrageous no yes of course yeah so, I, I like um, I like also The Lost World has a lot of characters and yes. a lot of characters and they're they're all paid some justice like they're not mm-hmm. just disregarded they actually all have characteristics and storylines and backstories and um, you don't see that in the other films like they they usually focus on a few or a couple mm-hmm. but to, to have like twenty something different characters <laughs> and actually you know know all their names and their backstories and feel for them that's kind of amazing. Yeah, and it's it's really crazy because most of them paid off, and and like you said, you you get so much time with each of them, and and you get to to know who they are, and I mean, aside from from wondering what happened to Nick Van Owen at the end of the movie, uh, they did a really good job, you know, uh, introducing them and and paying them off. Yeah, and it's the longest one of all the films. Yeah, that that movie does feel long too, in a way. I mean, some sometimes they like Jurassic World's like right around two hours. And it kind of blows through it, but the Lost mm-hmm. World definitely it drags in a good way. Yeah, I, I I kind of like I'm watching it. I'm like, ooh, that whole end part is still coming up. That's like a third movie in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's totally different. And Spielberg said that when he was making it, they kind of tacked on that ending because he's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't have the energy for a third movie, so I'm just going to do what I want to do right now. <laughs> and we'll just the original ending was supposed to be the helicopter gets attacked by pteranodons, and yeah. that was. The, the big finish and I it's kind of like Jurassic Park where the original ending was the the bones from the skeletons fall and crush the velociraptors and he's like let's write in the T-Rex coming in and saving the day mm-hmm. in that visitor center yeah. and he rewrote the ending for the lost world and uh, a lot of people were like that just feels extra and I'm like that's the best part <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was something different like the entire movie is very different but that ending is is very different and people had some issues with it but it's so much fun to, to see that, that comparison of a dinosaur in a city. It's, it's really cool mm-hmm. without the total mayhem that you'd expect. I mean, there is some, some brutal scenes and some destruction, but it's not all out chaos. Right. People compare it to Godzilla because it does have that one-off joke where the uh, Japanese mm-hmm. businessmen are running. But more, it's more like King Kong. They bring him over. They bring her over on a ship and she gets mm-hmm. out like they're going to put her on display as in a show. That's the ending to King Kong. Yeah. And she escapes and she's just a confused animal and she's drinking from a pool and trying to make her way. She bites the street light. Like, what does this taste like? What does this taste <laughs> like? 
And and I yeah. love that. That it's just kind of like it's a little homage to to King Kong. And yeah, definitely. And it's my second favorite scene in that movie. I think the RV scene is the best. And there's nothing like that in Jurassic World. There's no extended scary sequence. The closest is the Indominus breakout, and that's still only five minutes, four and a half minutes. Yeah, it's, that 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 RV scene is very long, and um, yeah, I can't really think of a scene that long. I mean, you'd have to kind of span maybe from when the Raptors get loose to, I don't know, maybe by the time they get back to the, the innovation center, but it's, that's a long span, but, uh, it's, it's not the same. It doesn't have that it, same But it feel. keeps cutting back and forth, to, but, mm-hmm. but be locked in that RV. Like that's, that's intense. It's kind of like the, um, the T-Rex breakout scene in the first movie. Yes. You know, yeah. there's no music. There's just, those people are trapped there and the T-Rex is escaping. And I, I think that the other, the last two sequels, they kind of miss that. They they go full forward action and there's they're they're missing the suspense. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. They they are so fast paced both those those last two movies um, that they don't really spend the time to do those those thrilling scenes or the scary scenes like that. I think in the first movie, probably my second favorite scene is the ice cream scene um, mm-hmm. when Hammond ta- telling the story about the flea circus, and there's nothing like that in the the last two movies either. Maybe no. any of the other movies. I mean, D- Jurassic Park three has like the the scene where Grant's talking with Eric about the astronauts and the astronomers. So that's like a subtle like kind of scene like that, but it's not nearly as long or as impactful as the the flea Heartfelt, circus scene. Yeah, beautiful music. Yeah, there's nothing like and- that original one. You talked about the theme park aspect of uh, Jurassic Park, and what will you know? Not much being there. Uh, do you think it would have? worked out obviously they had to expand and we knew they were going to expand but uh what was your take on the theme park itself in that movie in jurassic park or jurassic yeah, in jurassic park oh i like the idea that it was it was almost like a preserve it was like um like a jungle safari preserve where you get in the uh zebra striped jeeps and you go look at the animals <laughs> in their natural habitat yeah like he he was looking at it in a more of a san diego zoo type of way Mm-hmm. Where it wasn't like we're gonna have a roller coaster come through here, like a uh, Bush Gardens, and there's <laughs> giraffes walking around. It was more like you know we're gonna respect these animals, and I don't know if you ever would have made money. I don't think that he was doing it for the money. Um, I think Jurassic World is more of a realistic take on what would happen if you were gonna do this type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Where yeah. they have the the Hilton there, and they have the Margaritaville, and the <laughs> all the branding and. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, in the Starbucks. Uh, the branding was out of control, but it was it was accurate and it was a it good was realistic. Depiction. Yeah, no, that's I how live theme in, parks are. Yeah, I live in Orlando and I go to theme parks all the time. I have uh, passes year round, and I can tell you, we have a Starbucks in every theme park in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I got to admit, I, I kept going to them <laughs> over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we even have a Margaritaville at Universal. So yeah, it's as realistic as it could be. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. What, what's your what's your favorite aspect of that Jurassic Park section in uh, Islands of Adventure? Well, I like that they added the new raptor encounter. I think that they need to do do more things like that because um, the River Adventure ride is amazing and mm-hmm. it's it's a great ride. It's got lots of dinosaurs, but just being able to you know see and touch. Uh, a dinosaur especially for little kids that won't go on a big flume ride with a big drop at the end but for like kids to go and see and take pictures with a raptor is more 
like what Jurassic Park should be. Like it should be a zoo and should mm-hmm. feel it should be educational, but not forced. And uh, I heard rumors that they might bring in some more meet and greet dinosaurs and they do walk around with a baby triceratops. And I love that. Yeah, that one is really cool. So I think the right now it's the raptor. Um, I also love that there's the the visitor center or the discovery center, as they call it. <laughs> Although it feels a little dated, um, all the hands on uh things you can see and learn from are very 90s yeah yeah so it's like visiting the real jurassic park (laughs) i know i know yeah they were they were trying to replicate it so much that they they trapped themselves in the 90s yeah but i do admire like all the little touches um the front doors to this discovery center actually are like made of amber and have bugs and insects in them nice yeah and, and all the like the ground has imprints of dinosaurs and things like it's just just walking through there and hearing the music it's like being in the movies yeah i I, yeah i love that aspect because like as soon as you come up to that gate you hear the music and the music's like spanning throughout the entire area and it just it gives you such great vibes when you're walking through there and uh i i really love it i think it needs a little bit more so well what do you think what are you like your hopes and stuff for jurassic world in that park well um besides the fact that they brought in new signage for like the gift shop and stuff Mm -hmm. There was there was rumors that they might they're trying desperately to figure out a way to make a gyrosphere ride. Um, I fear that by the time they figure it out and put it in, the the new movies will already negate all that. <laughs> um, but they did buy a huge section of land, and the rumors are they're going to build a third theme park. Yes. So it's possible we could have a Jurassic Park and a Jurassic World separately. I'd hope so. Because I, I, I don't want to see them demolish anything that's already existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a lot of the debate because it represents so much of what we already know and love. Uh, with that, like uh, Discovery Center, how it, how it replicates the old Visitor Center, and um, it's just so beautiful, and the ride's great and everything. Uh, but they do need to add some more stuff, and and there's no way to squeeze it in that one area, uh, <laughs> or really anywhere else. In I mean, there maybe is there's a few plots of lands, but but the, if, if you added it to a new section, that would be amazing. But I wonder how much they would do that. I mean, they, they sort of did it with, you know, Harry Potter's in both in both parks. There. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how much they have dedicated in, uh, you know, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, they had two expansion plots and one of them, uh, Hogwarts Castle, actually mm-hmm. took over in the, the top right there. And the other one, King Kong, is opening probably in the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, that took up the expansion plot that ori- originally was going to be uh, a Jeep ride. But yeah. they, they canceled the Jeep, the Jeep ride because it was too similar to the River Adventure. Um, and then for a while, there was rumors of an amber mine coaster, like a kitty coaster through an amber mine um, going there. But then they put King Kong there. So... <laughs> Uh, unless they level the discovery center or there is a room if they tear down there's a little pizza restaurant if they tear down the pizza restaurant they actually have room there's been rumors of uh like a pteranodon um coaster Mm -hmm. where it's like a suspended coaster and it would actually go over the whole jurassic park area like kind of follow along the the pathways yeah like the flying dinosaur right it kind of like that ride. well exactly like that ride and it would just need to be um enough land for the load load platform and the queue mm-hmm. so that's possible um but i don't see them doing that anytime soon yeah i hope they add something a little bit with a little bit more theming because a coaster is cool and all but right there's literally no theming involved you know if it went through an queue. aviary though if oh, it went through yeah. an aviary that would be awesome that would be cool you know because they could have all that stuff inside 
but but I'd I'd rather just see something fully immerse you like kind of like the river adventure, but even more. Well, hopefully the third park will see a gyrosphere uh, simulator ride. Hopefully, hopefully that that would be really cool. I'd love to see both you know versions of the park um, right there in in Universal. That would be really really awesome and show their dedication for the franchise. Well, yeah, and if they're truly going to do a trilogy, that you know. I, I I think by leaving the other one, it respects the original trilogy and start the new trilogy off with a new ride and new area. Yeah. So, just the other day, the the walls on Khan came down. Uh, so, what what are your thoughts on that that uh, view right there? Because it is right next to Jurassic Park. Do you think it's uh, it's a good fit for that area? And are you excited for it? I, I am excited for it. I was there. Um, at 9.01, it opened at 9, <laughs> and I, I had my video camera ready, and I took the first pictures of the, the walls down. I've actually been covering that, um, taking pictures of it for my other blog mm-hmm. for it's um, like a year and a half now. It was just a pile of dirt, and yeah. slowly but surely, it's been turned into this beautiful temple. And um, I mean, a lot of people are upset because there were two arches to enter Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, and one of them got removed for this, but the other one's still on the other side and they're both identical. So that's okay by me. Yeah. Um, I think it fits, it actually fits pretty nicely. Um, cause it doesn't take up too much land and there was nothing on that road before it was just trees. Yeah. So it, it doesn't bother me at all. If they took down like, uh, the discovery center or camp Jurassic play area, I'd be really upset, but no, they just tore down some trees and <laughs> moved the entrance to Jurassic yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Now, I think I think I heard in one of the videos just the other day, once the walls came down, were they playing um, new music over there? Yeah, they have a, a new all-original score. It's kind of reminiscent to the 2005 uh, King Kong score, okay. mm-hmm. but it is actually original for the theme park. Mm-hmm. And it's it's beautiful. It's only like a two-minute loop, though. So if you're standing there all day <laughs> like I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you start to go a little crazy. But it is beautiful and... Um, but it, it's really only playing right where King Kong is. And if you walk just like five feet away, you hear the Jurassic Park theme. Oh, nice. And I did yeah. like it. I like that they kind of separated it like that so that it's not intruding into the other land. That's kind of what, what I was wondering because the music is so prevalent as you're walking in. I didn't know if it would like influence anything or you could hear them on either side. And uh, do you think, is there actually any room? I didn't know if they kept those gates down because of the construction. Do you think there's any chance they'll squeeze it in there, put the put the uh, gates back up? Uh, I've asked about it, and from what I've been told, they're not going to put that arch back on no? that side. Okay. No, the, the, the road's too wide over there, mm-hmm. um, so it would actually make the, the road smaller to fit it, oh, okay. and it would create a bottleneck in, in, um, in that area, but... The other one's on the other side, and it's not going anywhere. It's, there's always a line of people <laughs> taking pictures in front of it, so yeah, it's popular. Yeah. yeah, I know, and that's that's um, one of the, the strong points to that area is there's so many, like, photo spots, you know? Like, they have those gates. They have all the the two different vehicles, or three different vehicles, I believe. Um, yeah, they have. And then the, the two dinosaurs, right? The, the mm-hmm. T-Rex there's and the Spinosaurus. There's the yep. yeah. And, there, and there's, of course, the raptor encounter, too. Oh, which that, is too, just, yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. like a all for photos yeah but yeah, no gyrosphere so, yet but, yeah no gyrosphere that's just crazy they need to add that indominus like peeking out of the woods and the gyrosphere oh, that would be, would be perfect and at least give maybe people even the opportunity to sit in that gyrosphere you know take some pictures that would be really cool 
It would be really cool. But I do like that they're um that they, they are screen used vehicles. They mm-hmm. have uh one of the Jeeps from Jurassic Park and the Explorer from Jurassic Park and then one of the Mercedes um smaller cars from the Lost World. Yeah, they they look so great. And I love uh scouring the internet and just seeing people so happy like posing their uh posting their pictures about them uh, posing next to the vehicles. It's so great. It is. And for a while, it was really bugging me because they had the, um, they used to have the T-Rex with the Explorer and the the, the other one by itself. They, they, for the longest time, they had the Spinosaurus with the Ford Explorer and it was driving me crazy. And I'm like, that's not even the same island. Um, (laughs) They actually swapped it back. So now the Isla Sorna car is by the Spinosaurus and the the right car is over by the that's t-rex good. you know because last time i was there they they had the ford near the uh spino and it was it was weird but uh you know it's it's cool obviously but um so that's the first vehicle you come across when you come from that side uh is it uh is it not as um iconic when you when you just see the the mercedes there no because i think um you only have to take like 10 more steps to your left and you'll see the okay. the, the ford and the yeah. t-rex and i think the t-rex is more popular anyway um true and i think people are taking pictures with the spino for more for the car than anything because it's so <laughs> iconic <laughs> yeah no i think uh i think those things all look great and it's it's really cool to see them uh you know as another aspect of uh you know an attraction almost in those in those areas because that that section does need something you know i feel like it's just it depending on the time of year i guess you go if it's too cold out man there's really nothing to do <laughs> you know especially if you're an adult and you don't have a kid with you that can go on trying on flyers yeah but beneath Tyrannodon flyers in camp jurassic there are these caves and they are beautiful inside and i yeah. think it's like a hidden gem that really no one knows about if you walk through they have like stalactites and dripping water and geysers going off and beautiful lighting and it's like and misty in there it's a beautiful place to walk around and huh. it doesn't matter what age you are it's like True. it's like the um the caves on tom sawyer island at disney yeah, world that's it's what just I was fun imagining. to explore and I, it's like that but with beautiful colors and, oh, and fog effects i i missed out i didn't know because I feel like they they alienate you in a way when they say like oh height restriction here and yeah. you don't feel like you can go there you know no I feel they kind of like cut you off at to. the bridge they do mm-hmm. they kind of stop you ahead of time because they think you're heading toward the ride but if you just tell them no I'm going to the caves or I'm heading to Camp Jurassic then they should let you yeah now I I just wish they didn't alienate you like that and I, I've heard things I guess they're letting that ride open maybe at night I, I, this was a while back that they were saying that. But yeah, like it was about two hours ago. at night. Are they still doing that? No, they only did it for about a week or two, really? and they were just testing to see. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even get a chance, but I've been on it before. I borrowed someone's kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't have that uh, opportunity to just uh, <laughs> walk up and steal a kid and, and go on the ride, but uh, it looks like a fun little little coaster. Yeah, it's a beautiful view, and it's mm-hmm. um, but it's quick. It's like 90 seconds, and it just takes you around the area, but... It's it's actually a little scary for the the, the age range Is that it? they're expecting to to take on there because it's so high up. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I wish I could get a chance to go on that. It does look really cool. That that section as a whole, it's really successful. I think um, in bringing that that Jurassic Park feel to life. Yeah, I I think my favorite elements besides the cave is there's a there's a like a warden tower that looks like the tower from the raptor pit from the mm-hmm. first movie, 
that you can climb up in and like it's exact it looks just really? like the tower from from the raptor pit um and there's uh these gates that you can walk through that look just like the interior gates mm -hmm. that uh like ned jury when he's escaping and you have to oh, nice. open all the electric fences like they really themed it perfectly to the first movie and with the music pumping through and like the mist it's just a beautiful area to walk around sure there's kids playing and there's slides and stuff but mm -hmm. I, I just like to pretend that i'm actually in jurassic park yeah, because those are the things you'd expect to see in, in that park. So it's really cool to have those little, you know, subtle touches to make you feel like you're there. Plus, there's big dinosaur footprints that if you step on them, <laughs> you hear roars. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Nice little interactive feature. So let's head back uh, just a, a step and talk about your, uh, your, your website here. Uh, I want to kind of know, like, what is your process uh, for the website, like on a daily basis? Well, I'm always reading things um, about dinosaurs like I'll get Google alerts or I'll check all my favorite different uh, websites and see what new studies are coming out and of course I have lots of I subscribe to lots of things on YouTube and if something seems interesting then either I'll reblog it or I'll post a YouTube video on the website or um, I also have been doing a weekly uh, YouTube show myself for the last couple of months just kind of recapping the biggest dinosaur news stories or movie news stories for the week. Because um, I, I like doing, uh, I like video editing and there really isn't that much, that much resources for just dinosaur stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I've been kind of using our, our channel. Um, I hope to do some more. We, we did some toy reviews and uh, we actually have a giveaway going on right now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you again about that. Yeah, because uh, uh, we've been promoting it, you know, in the past uh, few episodes. So I want to, which is awesome, reach more I, people. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we're giving away the the Dino Hybrid uh, T Rex and um, Owen uh, with the motorcycle and the Velociraptor blue set, uh, and also a park map, a Jurassic World park map, and um, slap band. Nice. Uh, we're just trying to get some more people, some more subscribers to the YouTube channel because we have big plans to do a whole lot more content. And I want to do like spotlight videos on new dinosaurs, like ones that were just discovered mm -hmm. recently. Because I, I, other than I know Dino, there's not too many people talking about this newest stuff. Yeah. And I know, I think even I know Dino talks about it saying that a lot of these, these articles and different features are like behind paywalls and you can't exactly you know, yeah. find this stuff out easily enough. Right. It's, it's just not, they don't make it super easy. And a lot of YouTubers will talk about, if they do talk about dinosaurs, they'll, um, I don't want to step on toes, but they, they might retread some things that have been talked about before or talk about what their favorite dinosaurs are. Or we, we see a lot of, uh, Spinosaurus is like, he's, he's on all fours. He's on two legs. He's in the water. He's out of the water. He's a meat eater. He eats fish. So there's a lot of videos talking about that one dinosaur, but no one's talking about brand new discoveries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like you said earlier, there's just so much going on and, and so many uh, new things. What's uh, what's one of your favorite new you know discoveries or, or things in the in the dinosaur community that's come to light? Um, well, the the dinosaur lips is an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, also, a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago, they were um, they were they're drilling into the is it Chicxulub crater? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still waiting on results from that. Like, we're going to find out what 
what exactly what's fossilized down there, what survived, what didn't survive from the mass extinction event that probably wiped out the dinosaurs. Yeah. Like things like that. That's exciting. We didn't have the technology really to do that in the past. And someone's like, you know what? Let's go drill into the crater that killed the dinosaurs. Why not? Yeah, it's the perfect scenario. And I'm so excited to see what happens and what comes of that. Um, I've been trying to follow, follow that as well. I, yeah, I haven't heard anything recently. So hopefully we get something soon. Yeah, it's probably going to take a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like that. You know, I hope I hope they come up with a solid answer. And uh, a lot of people do. You talked about the, with the Spinosaurus, kind of like flip flop and, and talk about the same things. And I, I the whole like you know impact and crater and what caused the dinosaurs to die, you know, is such a big question. And and I do feel like that flip flops all the time. People are like, oh well, it was you know the impact or it was the uh, volcanoes and the the cloud covering and, and there's so many different theories. Right, I feel like right. they never settle mm-hmm. on one specific one. Well, and it probably was a multitude of things. Like mm-hmm. there was the the study not that long ago that said they were already dinosaurs were already in decline before the yeah. the asteroid impact. Um, and then the other one talking about how um, eating seeds is what probably saved the theropod dinosaurs and let them continue evolving to birds Mm -hmm. because um there wasn't just there wasn't enough meat because there wasn't enough vegetables so um if you could just eat whatever seeds or fruit you could find then you probably were in better shape than the ones that needed tons and tons of meat so Mm -hmm. the reason that we have the birds that we have today is probably because they were able to eat things that were available so like yeah. that, those are like, they seem to all coincide, like in the last um, year, that's, that's been a big subject. I mean, we've always been theorizing, but a, a lot more concrete evidence has been uh, found or the studies are finally agreeing on some things. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that um, along with this, I think a lot of people forget about the research that goes into it. And, um, and, and, you know, when you're a kid, you, you want to know everything about you know, what happened to these dinosaurs and, and just everything about the dinosaurs in general. And I feel like we tend to let that go as we as we grow up and get older. So I love that your your website's a resource for everybody who who grew up and can, uh, you know, go back and finally find up, find out more, you know, about the dinosaurs and what's going on today. You know, what's the latest news, uh, you know, all kinds of different dinosaur facts and, and places to visit in, in your own communities. I love all the aspects of the website. So what are some you know, things that you hope to communicate in the future via your website? Um, well, we we're always adding to it. It's, it's definitely a work in progress. I know it's been open for a year and a mm-hmm. half, but we're still trying to put together a whole, um, like database of information. And, um, we're always going to continue to keep posting stories mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'll weed through all the, the junk and post the gems. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the weekly dinosaur show. Um, it's just in three minutes, you know, you can get caught up on all the, the newest information. Yeah. So people on the go, you, you can still spare three minutes. Um, and they're, they've been getting more and more views. So I think we're attracting more viewers. Well, I hope I hope this uh, this giveaway and everything really helps to bring people into your site and as well as this podcast. Hopefully, you know, everybody hears this and they want to, you know, go and check it out and uh, review everything and, you know, get out, get on there and check out your videos and everything. And uh, I really hope it works out and I hope everything uh, goes well for you guys. Thank you. So why don't you uh, direct everybody to all your sources? Let everybody know where they can find you. Um, the website is dinosaurstop.com. 
and you can from there you can click on the links to get to our YouTube or Facebook. Um, right at the top is a post about the giveaway. It's um, so you can learn more information about that, which is super easy to enter as you've been um, talking yeah. about. It. You just have to <laughs> subscribe and leave a comment on the video and or the Facebook page, and you're entered in. But um, on social media, it's just Dinosaur Stop. Um, so it's like Facebook.com slash Dinosaur Stop, Twitter.com slash Dinosaur Stop, <laughs> and uh, YouTube. You can search for Dinosaur Stop. And uh, the weekly show is This Week in Dinosaurs. Nice. Look, you're making it too easy for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about branding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast here. It's been great talking with you and uh, catching up about dinosaurs and Jurassic Park again. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Huge uh, fan of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. And thank you, thank you again for incorporating it into your website as well. Uh, only quality content. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Welcome to Jurassic World. Explore the park like never before, with this amazing fan project. Ride a gyrosphere in first person, and learn all about Jurassic World's history and scenery. Come up close, and observe our beautiful dinosaurs, located all around the park. The park, is open. So, what are you waiting for? Jurassic World 3D Project. Download it for free today, and get exploring. I'm not a computer nerd, I prefer to be called a hacker. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendron. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here, and there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? This week we have a few listener emails to get through, so let's dive right in. This first one comes from Michael P. on Facebook. He says, Hey Brad, love your podcast. It is very well produced. I have a question for your show. What do you think of the very odd titles from the Jurassic World soundtrack? Thanks, Mike P. from Brooklyn. P.S. I really like Jurassic Park 3, but don't tell anyone. Hey Michael, sorry it took me so long to get your message here on the podcast, but I do really appreciate you taking the time to listen and write in. As for the song titles, uh, that's something Michael Giacchino and his music editors have done basically since the start of their careers. Now, you'll see similar punny titles in all of his films, you know, Planet of the Apes, Star Trek, Tomorrowland, and all the rest. Uh, I'm kind of used to it because I have a few of his film scores and every season of Lost uh, since he recorded all those as well. Now, um, all the other Jurassic soundtracks have very typical song titles. So I guess you could say the Jurassic World score does kind of feel out of place comparatively. Um, but I have to say, I really, really enjoy these song titles. You know, Raptor Your Heart Out, Our Rex is Bigger Than Yours. These are just some great examples of the amazing titles on this soundtrack. And I honestly think that these titles are, are much more memorable than the older ones. Um, I can easily like come up with them, you know, right off the bat when I'm when I'm talking with people. Um, but I think you do bring up a good question because I know many people are not on board with the the titles because they kind of poke fun or make light of certain scenes or moments that may be serious in tone, uh, depending on the film, whether it's Jurassic World or another. 
Uh, but personally, I really love them, but I do think it's an interesting debate. So what do you all think? Do you like these titles? Do you think they're corny? Do you think they're stupid? Do you think they're great? Hopefully Michael's question here can spark a little bit of debate. So head over to our website, comment on the post here for the show, and uh, you can also send them in and we'll read them on the next show. Also, Michael, uh, sorry, I may have just told everybody that you like JP3, but you know what? That's okay, because I do too. Thanks, man. I've got another cool email here, this time from Aaron. Let's take a look. Hey, Brad. Not sure if this really counts as news, but I had the opportunity to participate in the Phil Tippett AMA in which he was answering a lot of Star Wars and Jurassic questions. I've attached my interaction. Hi, Phil. As VFX progresses and we strive to hit full photorealism while battling budgets and time frame, do you feel that the level of exaggeration and anthropomorphism is ever hard to get right? Do you have one sequence that comes to mind that you're most proud of? And here's the answer from Phil. He says, I don't necessarily think that a good shot is necessarily a shot that looks the most realistic. It's all pretend. That's why we go to the movies, right? I forget who said it, but somebody said, CG looks real but feels fake. Stop Mo looks fake but feels real. I think that's very true. Hey, man, that was an awesome interaction on that AMA there with Phil Tippett. Uh, even though Phil didn't exactly answer your question, I think he brings up a really good point. It's all pretend. So as much as everything looks great and cool, realistic, it rarely ever looks real. Now, I think the Uncanny Valley theory applies here well. Um, if you don't know about it, it's when you see, for instance, a computer-generated figure or a human-like robot that you can never truly accept as real. I think it pertains a lot to these films and uh, really every other CG film. Now, going back to the T-Rex breakout, one of the best-looking scenes in all of cinema, really since the creation of CG. But look, we all know it's fake, and we'll probably never be able to accept it as real. Now, a lot of people had issue with the CG in Jurassic World, but you know what, maybe that's because we're just expecting things to look too real. I say we kind of just sit back and enjoy the stuff that they're putting on the screen. We know it's fake anyway. Thanks again for the email, and we'll see you on the show real soon. This next message is from Erin. She says, Hi, I've been following the Jurassic Park pod for a year. Congrats. And I was really happy to find other people with my dino slash JP obsession. I'm a reporter at a newspaper in Michigan and was lucky enough to write about my love of dinosaurs growing up in my column this month. I wanted to share it because I know other dino lovers out there might have had similar experiences. Thanks, Aaron Sloan. Hey, Aaron, thank you so much for writing in and letting me know about your awesome article. Um, I'll make sure to include it in the show notes on our website so that everybody can check it out. Um, I really think there is so much for us all to relate to in your article, you know, loving dinosaurs and the Jurassic films. So again, great job. Keep up the good work. And uh, don't forget to write in again. Thanks, Aaron. I do have a lot of emails and voicemails left over, so I'll save the rest of them for next week. If you want to send in an email, you can send them straight to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can head over to our website, fill out the contact form there, and submit it directly to us. Either way, we'll get the message and read it here. Don't forget you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message for the show. That number is 732-825-7763. We hope to hear from you. DinosaurStop.com has a great giveaway going on right now where you could win a hybrid FX Tyrannosaurus Rex, Owen Alpha with Velociraptor Blue Set, a Jurassic World Slap Band, and a Replica Park Map. Now that's an absurd amount of stuff for having to do so little. So all you have to do is either subscribe to their YouTube channel and comment on the giveaway video, or you can go to their Facebook, like their page, and comment on the giveaway post. That's two ridiculously simple ways to enter. 
So make sure to head over to dinosaurstop.com to find out more information on the contest and the prizes. Oh, here fire, do not fire! God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs. Boy, we hit being right all the time. We're gonna have to drop the can! Are you ready? One, two, three! Now this week, I've got another great clip for you. It really doesn't have anything to do with Jurassic Park. Well, aside from who's in it. Take a listen to Jeff Goldblum talk to, well, uh, himself. In the promo for the new Independence Day movie. Take a listen. Hello, I'm uh, Earth Space Defense Director um, David Levinson. And I just wanted a, a, a quick moment to get together with... Um, Mr. Is it Gold, is it Goldblum or Goldblum? Goldblum. It's Goldblum. I'm so sorry with uh, Jeff Goldblum because it seems that we're ever since the War of '96 we're we get mixed up for one another. And uh, I just wanted to clear the air. And here we are together. You can see for yourself. Uh, I don't know. Now that I see you, the resemblance is uh, fleeting. Or well, um, you think so? I kind of think there's a similarity. Well, I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm look, six, look at four. I guess we've got. Uh, can I take a look at your eyes? Uh, uh, you want to take your glasses off? My glasses I hate here. Your, oh, look at that. We do wear the same frames. That's uh, that's very. Yeah, I guess we chose the same frames. In any case, my my eyes are are uh, mahogany. Yours are yours are kind of a. Yours look like a glass of brandy on a table as the sun comes in the window at sunset. You know. Really? Well, I guess that's that's an actor talking. But anyway, and are you aware of any of my uh, acting? Uh, you were in Nine to Five, weren't you? Nine to Five. You were the boss, and they they trust you up there at the end. I think you might might be mixing me up with Dabney Coleman. Oh, Dabney Coleman? No, that wasn't me. Coleman Goldblum. I guess that's where I got that's where I I, I got that. He's also tall, isn't he? And uh, oh. do you play a lot of kind of? Uh, well, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. But your musical, you say, I think I know you from back in the, in the Woodstock days. You were in a band, Sha Na Na. You were Bowser. Bowser. I like, no? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. I'm sorry. I wasn't Bowser in Sha Na Na. No, no, no. I've played a couple of scientists and uh, I've oh. pretended to be smart, but you're a real, real smarty pants. And uh, thank you. H heartfelt thank you to the, to the, you know, legions of people who admire you and uh, hold you in the greatest esteem. Oh, it's my, my pleasure. It really wasn't, wasn't uh, me, certainly not by myself. I had a lot of brave and uh, ingenious people um, who luckily uh, helped me. Well, some, but you were, you were pivotal. Anyway, I'm, I'm pestering you. Uh, uh, thank you. It's so nice to meet you. If you have a, a device, I don't know what, you must have all sorts of technological Fancy, fancy thing. Yeah, I have no device on me, so uh, I, I, I uh, you know, we'll, 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 you know, exchange if, if you like uh, afterwards. Okie dokie, thanks. Great to, great to uh, do I? Okay. Great to meet you, Je Jeff. Thanks for doing this. Wow. Thanks, guys. So there you have it, Jeff Goldblum by himself, uh, uh, talking to himself. That's that. That's chaos theory. Now, I can't wait to see him back on the big screen again in Independence Day. Uh, take a look at the show notes for a link to the video. It's awesome.
Thanks for listening to the 55th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Of course, I need to thank Alicia for joining me here today. I really love connecting with like-minded people in the community who are also doing great things to benefit the fans of dinosaurs, films, theme parks, and more. So make sure to head to dinosaurstop.com and take a look at the community that they've built. Thanks again to Michael, Aaron, and Aaron for sending in comments and questions. I really appreciate hearing directly from the people who listen, but also who want to partake in the fun here that we're having on the podcast. So please... Keep sending stuff in. Don't forget to check out the Jurassic World commentary done by the guys at Jurassic Unicast and myself. We had an amazing time talking about last summer's biggest film, and I think you'll really enjoy our perspectives. Don't forget to watch along with us. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast, and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podomatic, YouTube, or our website, and wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review in iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for people like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, top fives, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can submit them directly via our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give her voicemail a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.